Okay, how's everyone doing? Fine. No one's passed out yet? No. James was complaining to me earlier about the heating bill this past month, and um, I don't know what it's going to be like after tonight, but um, it's really good um, just to be here tonight. It's really good to see so many people out uh, for our carol service. Um, I want to just give a big special thanks to Nicola and to Emma just for putting the service together and just helping to lead us so well in worship. The challenge is that the Christmas story is so familiar. We've heard it all before, and it becomes possible that we lose the amazing impact of its glorious message and just all the other stuff that surrounds Christmas time. But what a great day we've had here in Bethany Church. How amazing were our Kingdom kids this morning? Who was here this morning? Okay, give them a a big cheer, because all of them are here. They did a really good job. I'm sure a lot of stress, work, maybe even tears went into that production. Debbie, give me a nod. Yeah. But it was definitely worth it. And I was so encouraged just standing at the back as I was just watching along, just how it helped us connect with the Christmas story in such a fresh way. And just thanks again to our choir this evening for their annual showpiece. Um, And just to everyone else who has read, you've all done an incredible job in pointing us to to Jesus, who Christmas is all about. Now, I'm going to try and flick this on. Dave, can you go on to the next one, please? Yeah, okay. So, I want to ask you to describe Christmas in three words. So if I was to ask you to describe Christmas in three words, what would you say? Don't be shy. Now, don't go and spoil the answer you know I really want, okay? Okay, so no one be smart. If you're smart, you're not getting any snacks after, okay? So Christmas in three words. Jesus is love. Jesus is love, okay. Okay. Family, three words maybe together. Okay. Taught them to get better. Okay, well, I, I was asking some people, and some of the answers I got was time off school. Someone else said no Brussels sprouts. Someone else says too much food. Um, Boxing Day football. Okay, Boxing Day football is always good to watch. Silly Christmas jumpers. Okay, so you kind of get the idea. Three words for Christmas. One way the Bible describes Christmas is this. God with us. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, that's what the Bible says. God with us. The name given to the baby being born is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Over 2,000 years ago, at the hinge point of human history, God took on flesh. The Creator stepped into creation in order to, to be with us and to welcome us home. Christmas is the story of God putting on flesh. The word Jesus came into the world putting on human flesh and making his home among us. God with us. So I want to go back to that first Christmas, and I want to see how God came to be with us. Now, there's going to be some images will appear on the screen, 
different professions. And I want to see if you're able to tell me what the profession is and what they do. Okay, so the first one. A scientist. Okay, now I'm going to be brave and use my Google answer to explain what a scientist does. Hopefully Jeff doesn't correct me on this later. But apparently they, they make observations. They carry out tests to our experiments to test their observations. So carry out research to improve knowledge in various areas. Is that correct, Jeff? Sounds good. Okay, so we've got our scientists there. What about this profession? Shepherd. Okay, what does a shepherd do? They herd sheep. Okay, they look after sheep. They, if you think about the biblical shepherd, if you think of the threat from wild animals where they had to defend the, the life of the sheep, they had to make sure they were fed, they make sure they got the rest. Okay, so we've had scientists, we've had shepherds. What about, oh, did I skip one? What about this group? What, what profession have we got here? Okay, begins with P. Po politicians. Now, if I was to ask you what do they do, you would probably say don't do an awful lot, uh, especially right now. But the debate issues, they're meant to help run the country. Okay, so we've got our scientists, we've got our shepherd, and we've got our politicians. Now, I've got five news headlines for you, and I want you to tell me which of those three groups should be first to hear these news headlines, okay? Scientists, shepherds, or politicians. So the first news headline is this, new discovery to save lives. <coughs> Scientists, okay, good. What about this one? A new ruler in the nation. Politics, politicians, okay. You all agreeing? Some of you sleep at the back, too warm. What about, let me see, is it going to flick on? Flick on one there, please, the back. Okay, important news from the king. Okay, anyone want to have a guess? Maybe politicians again. Okay, what about this one? Next one, please. The clicker has gone here. So, new way to improve life. <coughs> Sciences, okay, but maybe even the, the government as well, maybe getting some more money in our pockets to help us through difficult times to improve our, our quality of life, okay? What about the last one? Oh, new sheep herding method discovered. Joel, shepherds, okay? So, there are your five news headlines. Out of those three groups of people, you would expect the shepherds to be the last to hear any kind of world-changing news. Yes, they might have heard about a new way to herd sheep. That's if you could find them out in the hills. But if we think about the Christmas story 2,000 years ago, there's no radios, there's no newspapers. These guys would have virtually heard nothing. They probably didn't even know everything that was going on in their own country. But on this particular night, this group of shepherds heard the greatest news that anyone has ever heard. Up until this night, there had been around 700 years 
since God gave a message to Isaiah to bring to the people. And it was this, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. We've had it read already. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. And this light that Isaiah is talking about, how was it going to come? Verse 6, well, he says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. Isaiah's solution to what he claims is also God's solution to cure the darkness in our world was a child, a baby boy. You know, at the time, whenever the people of Judah heard this news from Isaiah, they were in trouble. They were facing an invasion from the Assyrian army. Imagine being at war, okay? And your army isn't doing so well. They are retreating. Invasion is about to happen. And on to the news, the prime minister says, well, it's Rishi or Leo. You know, don't worry. Victory is secure. Hope is here. I've heard that a woman is pregnant and she's going to have a baby boy. You'd say, you know, that is complete madness. How is a baby going to bring an end to our suffering? But you see, this gift that Isaiah was announcing, it couldn't have sounded any less like what these people needed. But then Isaiah told them who this baby boy was going to be. Verse 6, he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of peace. Here, Isaiah was promising the events of the first Christmas. He's describing who it was going to be lying in that manger. Someone was coming who could do far more than bring rescue from the Assyrian invader. Though God did supply that for his people. But someone was coming to give these people what they truly needed. The hope, the peace, the purpose that all of us are searching for, and it was going to be wrapped up in that baby in a manger. You see, the claim of the Bible is that the one whose birth the angel announced and those who Isaiah um, described is still, even all these years later, the only thing that each of us here truly needs. All the things that we need most can be found in that baby who was born on the first Christmas. The baby boy, who was the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the everlasting Father, the wonderful Counselor. And so, sitting on a hillside that night, this group of shepherds hear world-exclusive news. And if you think back to the headlines we went through earlier, they came true that night Jesus was born. He came to save lives. He came to be a ruler. He was sent from God, the supreme king, and he would improve the life of his people. But the amazing thing was that this message didn't first go out to the elite, the important people in society, but it went to these shepherds. This group of shepherds were out in the fields, they were minding their own business, and suddenly the angel appears to them 
telling them that the person God promised years before, the person that they'd heard their parents talk about, their grandparents talk about, had finally been born in Bethlehem. And they were the first to hear about it. So why did they hear first? The answer is in what the angel says. I have good news for you, which will make everyone happy. Luke chapter 2, verse 10. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find the baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And as the angel announces this good news to these shepherds, they are joined by a vast host of other angels who are just praising and worshiping God, giving thanks that Jesus has been born. And you know, what do the shepherds do when they hear this good news? They don't ignore it. They set off to Bethlehem to explore, to check it out, to find out for themselves, could this be true? You see, the message of Jesus, it's not just for clever, important, well-to-do people. It is for everyone. And because of this, God made sure that these shepherds, who were not rich, who were not important, who weren't even well thought of, were the first to hear it the first to hear the greatest news ever. You see, all of us are important to Jesus. Maybe you don't think that at times about you, but I want to tell you, you are important to Jesus, and he wants to know, he wants you to know who he is and how much he loves you. You see, Christmas is all about hope, and hope is something that we all want. It's something that we all need. Hope is more than just optimism or or positivity. It's a living reality that pulls us through life's dark moments, through the uncertainties that we have in life, through our own grief, through our own disappointments. And hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. The Savior of the world has been born. You see, God is here. He's not distant. He's not far away. So I want to encourage you this Christmas. Come to the manger. Behold this miracle over and over again. Open your hearts to the hope that this child has brought into our world. You see, this is why Christmas is so amazing. The Savior of the world has been born. God isn't distant. He's not far away. He is close. He is here. He is Emmanuel, God, with us. You see, Christmas, it's always been and always will be about Jesus. Christmas shows us just how much we are loved by God, that he would send us the greatest gift ever. It's about God loving us so much about God seeing how helpless we actually were and how we were in need of something that we were never able to get by ourselves, that he had to do something about it. God loves you so much that he sent his son into the world as a baby to be the savior of the world. I want to read this little quote. It says, this is where it all began. In an animal feeding trough under a starry sky, the weight of the world rested on the shoulders of an infant savior. 
God's great plan of redemption had been set in motion. Our Redeemer, our Deliverer, our Messiah, Jesus in a manger. And this baby, we know, would go on to be the man on the middle cross. The baby Jesus born in Bethlehem was born to die in your place and my place. He was born to save us from our sins. And this gift of forgiveness that Jesus offers, it's for all of us. And you know, if you accept God's gift of Jesus by believing in him, the Bible says we get eternal life with God. This is the indescribable gift that God gives to each one of us. Jesus, our hope, Jesus, the Savior of the world. And I want to encourage you um, here this evening. You know, if you haven't yet accepted this gift that God has given, you know, please do so. Don't leave Jesus in a manger. Receive him as God's perfect gift to you. And the Bible says whenever we receive this gift that God has given to us, whenever we put our trust in his son Jesus, we get to become children of God. That is what Jesus offers us, and it is a gift for each one of us. Please receive it for yourselves. Let me pray. God, I thank you for just our time together this evening. I thank you for just everything that has happened, the the carols that we have been singing, the readings that we have been hearing. I thank you that they've been able to point us to Jesus, who Christmas is all about. God, I thank you for your love for each one of us. I thank you for your great rescue plan, which started by Jesus coming in to this world. We thank you for the the life that he lived. We thank you for his teachings, how we can read about his life. And we thank you for that journey he went to, um, to the cross for each one of us. We thank you for the gift that Jesus gives each one of us. We thank you for the forgiveness that only Jesus can offer us. And we thank you that it is a free gift that we can each receive by putting our trust in him. So God, just be, be with us as we, as we finish here this evening. We thank you for each person here. God, I help, pray that you would just help us to keep Jesus at the center of Christmas, at the center of our lives. Be with us as we continue on, as we enjoy food and refreshments together, that you would just bless that to us. For it's in your name we pray. Amen.